most wonderful show is Keeping up with the Joneses AJ Jones Yes, sir You're looking great in your army jacket Thank you It um, brings out the green of my eyes My army green eyes <laughs> I love your khaki eyes um, You sound rather tired I'm exhausted Is it because you've just spent a whole weekend away? Yes What was more exhausting, the drive there and the drive back Or yes. the time there? <laughs> the drive there and the drive back. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, uh, I had a lot of influencers on this trip. And describe influencers for people who are not fluent in life languages. They like to talk a lot. About everything. Anything. And they're super excited. Yes. And they want connection at all times. Yes. And they're very sweet. And for the most part, they didn't try and include me in the conversation, which was nice. Because uh, I had very little people juice left to give. <laughs> All your people juice was depleted. Yeah, it was gone. Uh, so what do you do in situations like that as a contemplator who needs time alone to recharge when you're spending five hours in a car with high influencers? I played music kind of loudly in the front of the car. <laughs> what, to drown out <laughs> conversation? Carrie and I listened to, and Carrie was being introverted and I was being relatively introverted and just singing along and trying to focus on that. I have noise canceling <laughs> headphones mm-hmm. for situations like that and a happy place. But they wouldn't plug into my new iPhone 7. <laughs> and the Bluetooth headphones aren't out yet? No. You want the earpods, don't you? I do. Aren't you worried that you're going to lose the earpods? No. How many pairs of sunglasses have you lost? Sunglasses are completely different. They go flying off the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Earpods are different. Because they're small and could just get misplaced easily. It'll be fine. Okay. Yep. So you had a good weekend? I did have a great weekend. Um, are you hoarse? A little... A little bit. I think it's, uh, I started sneezing like half an hour outside of Nashville. I'm like, oh, we're back in allergy zone. Yeah, it was a great weekend. I love the ladies of Southgate. They're fantastic. And you were in Tulsa? No. Close. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And no, actually St. Louis and Tulsa are not close at all. (laughs) No, but St. Louis and Kansas City are close. Uh, Yes, Okay. More so than Tulsa. <laughs> well, I just like to just flex my geography skills from time to time. Well done. Well done. Uh, yeah. At least so, they're real places in America and I'm not just making up names. It's true. I mean, it's, it's, this is advanced to you. I often get confused between states and cities. I've noticed that before. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. When Abigail starts studying geography, I'll, I'll do that part. Yeah. Yeah. So this week my dad was here. Yes, he was. I took him on a tour of the most important things in life. Mm-hmm. Donuts, juice bars, barbecue. He, he's so easy to look after, really. You just feed him. Yes. Insert donut, sit back. Mm-hmm. And I got the best photos of him all over Nashville. Yeah, you totally did. And he's he's lovely and very low uh, maintenance. I tried to get him back here for Christmas, but he wasn't biting. No. Oh. I think that would be awesome. That would be so fun. The girls would love that. Speaking of the girls, they started ballet class this week. They did. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah. We were uh, we entered them into ballet classes with his town dance studio. So we're super stoked. What's really sweet is at that age, you don't have enough self-awareness to know what you need to learn. Yeah. I mean, I think... <laughs> because Tia has been watching YouTube videos of ballet uh, and practicing on her own upstairs. She thinks she's pretty good to go. They're super cute. I, you know, They're so I took cute. It's so ridiculous. many videos of them all 
uh, the age looks similar. Like all the kids in that class, even though Tia's just joined it and the other kids have got like, you know, three weeks on her or whatever, uh, they're all pretty, pretty similar. So it made me think, oh, it's part of the, the age as well. What was interesting was MJ's disappointment that he couldn't do, do ballet. Yes, he really wanted to go. I don't think he knows what ballet is. I think I he just sees his sister doing things. Like it's been funny because we've been renovating their rooms and, you know, before we even moved house, Tia declared that she wanted a chandelier. Yes. And then, well, because Tia wanted a chandelier, then Abigail wanted a chandelier. Right. And now MJ wants a chandelier just because the girls <laughs> have got a chandelier. So I've been trying to steer him away from chandeliers, chandeliers in ballet class. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. We, did I tell you we went to... <laughs> we should probably put him in baseball or something just so that we can turn this tide around. I can do one better. Did I tell you that I took him to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? I'm sorry? Me and MJ went to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu class. And when did you do that exactly? About two weeks ago. I mean, we didn't actually go to a class. We went to the place and inquired about how much they would be. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I'm just hearing about this now live on air. <laughs> <laughs> also, we got Tia's ears pierced this weekend. You're lying. And a belly button. <laughs> and a belly button pierced. I actually asked her. I said, Mum's away. Do you want to get your ears pierced? And she was like, Dad... I was like, well, okay, what about your nose? She's like, Dad. I was like, what about your belly button? She's like, I'm not old enough to get my belly button pierced. <laughs> I was like, Good. At least somebody has a nice comment. <laughs> Big news of the week. Yes. I got my iPhone. You did. And in a really nice turn of events, Apple emailed me. So here's what happened. We're part of the iPhone upgrade program. And when I woke up at 12.01 Pacific time, which was 2.01 Central Standard Time. Yeah. All the phones were gone. There was was no T-Mobile. And the reason for that is everybody wants T-Mobile phones because they come unlocked, carrier unlocked. So I couldn't get any. And so Apple were kind enough to email me and just say, hey, we're sorry. We know that you're trying to get a phone and you can't. Just call this number and speak to one of our reps. So you called on behalf of me because I was teaching. I did. And how long did that take? I don't know. I was teaching. It was over an hour. It was an hour and 20 minutes. true love right there. It was true love. Yep. And so, I, I couldn't go potty that whole time. I was terrified that the second I tried to go potty, it would the guy would come back and be like, uh, Mrs. Jones? Babe, that's love. Right there. And it worked because they just said, well, what is your husband looking for? And so you, you told them. And, mm-hmm. and then within six days, they sent me an email saying, hey, we've got one. It's not available for public inventory. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you could turn up at this store and ask to speak to the manager and show them this email, they'll give you a phone. And right now if I went and got it. And what are you now thinking? I'm now thinking about getting the 7 Plus. And this should be interesting because you mocked me relentlessly for getting a 6 Plus two years ago. Well, that's true. But now the camera is amazing on the 7 Plus. I've been sending you photos, haven't I? You have. It was like torture, but great torture because I wanted to see the kidlets. Here's what's amazing. So Apple does a great job of their PR. Mm. And so they're talking about how great the screen is. But there's no way you can tell how great the screen is until you've seen how great the screen is because they can't take photos of it because most computer monitors, most photos, most prints don't have a wide enough color gamut to show you the display of colors. You actually have to see them. So mm-hmm. I, I took the girls while you were away. I was I'm single dad for the weekend. So I took the kids out to uh, their school was doing, what do you call it, fair. Mm-hmm. And the sun was shining. It was beautiful. And I just use my phone to grab some pictures of them and I was astonished at the quality of the photos. Now, do you have to pick between what lens you're using or does it know 
to do it itself. So here's the thing. Every time you take a photo, Mm -hmm. both lenses fire and then the computer automatically decides which one is the better photo. But you can also force it to use one or the other. Did you force it at all this weekend or did you just take pictures? The only thing I forced it in is the new iPhone 7 Plus has an option to do what's called portrait mode, which effectively gives you uh, a shallow depth of field. So Mm -hmm. you take a photo and the person in the foreground is in focus and everything in the background has what's called a bokeh effect. Mm -hmm. So I'm beta testing that feature and use that, that you can specifically turn that on. It slows down your camera a little bit, but the results are beautiful. And when you take a photo of that, it gives you two photos for every photo you take. One with the shallow depth of field turned on and one regular off. Oh, great. I've been so impressed. The screen is amazing. The camera is fast. The picture quality is stunning. I'm really enjoying it. And now, am I understanding correctly that you want to return your small phone and upgrade to the big phone? I really, I might. I want to I want to actually take your phone and my phone uh, outside, maybe tomorrow at break, and try and take pictures of the same thing and just see what the difference is. I'm sure we can come to some sort of agreement. Okay. Vis-a-vis rental. <laughs> okay. You also killed it as a domestic god this, this uh, weekend. I made a to-do list. And you killed your to-do list. Almost. The only thing I couldn't do was because I needed to go back to Home Depot and I couldn't face doing that with three children. They they were amazing. Basically, I was going to take them to the movies and then here's what I realized. I was a fool. I gave them options. Just don't give three children of different no. ages options. No. Because they just don't harmonize. But if you tell them this is what we're going to do, they're all excited. Mm-hmm. So we bought the Angry Birds movie. MJ said he loved it. And Tia loved it. They just kind of giggled. I watched bits and pieces of it. But mind you, they just watched um, that and I fed them and then put them to work and I did a bunch of jobs around the house. You did. I came home to the bathroom, master bathroom being totally unpacked and clean and our master closet. Again, it was full of boxes. It's totally unpacked and clean and the kitchen is gorgeous and clean and everything's ready for lunches in the morning and you've done a whole bunch of laundry and then upstairs is everything's clean and then you also hung a the whole closet organizing system in MJ's closet I'm kind of a big deal you are a big deal well you, it's amazing what happens you're shocking when you don't have another adult to say no you can't throw that out around the house you can just streamline what are you talking about let's move on <laughs> you've just literally walked in the house yeah. It's about 10 p.m. Yeah. You're tired. Yeah. Uh, we weren't creative enough to come up with a topic. Yeah. But thankfully, our listeners were kind enough to send us a bunch of questions. Oh, goody. And they're great questions. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. So I'm going to read them and you answer them. Uh, okay. Okay. This question is from Neil. This is such a great question. Hi, he Neil. says, you've been speaking a lot about expectation and blessing and how good God is. How do we balance the expectation of blessing with being content in all things? I don't feel like they're opposite, but I feel a tension between them in my heart. Bingo. Great question, Neil. The answer is? Gosh, it really is a great question. How do you balance being thankful for what you have with having expectation for more? Is that what you mean? Yeah. While you're thinking about that answer, did I tell you that, remember how last week I was at the dentist and they cut my tongue Mm -hmm. and I got temporary crowns put on mm-hmm. the temporary crowns fell off this afternoon <laughs> so disgusting so i have like <laughs> tiny stumps that are super sensitive <laughs> to <Her> air teeth. <laughs> nice <laughs> but uh yeah so there's that 
So you have to call the dentist in the morning. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back to the answer. What's the answer? Um, gosh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't think those two things are at war. I mean, I think um, being thankful is 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 a position of your heart. So I don't think I've. I'm just trying to think about like, how, do I struggle with that? I think, I think I feel constantly thankful for all the different things that God's done or that he's um, given us or that he's, you know, allowed us to be a part of that kind of thing. Um, But I know that there's always more. So I feel like it's me being faithful to understanding that he's good that keeps me in expectation as well as thankfulness. Right. I think the reason I've been talking a lot about how good God is and blessings from God is because the Lord himself has been coming to me and saying, Alan, you have a really dim view of me. It's not that I'm, it's not that I'm stepping into this revelation because I'm frustrated. I'm living below the glory standard that God has for me. I think in some sense, I've been living with the ceiling over my life going, you know, no, this is good enough. I'm just a worm. You know, I'm just really grateful for salvation, which of course I am, but, but not having an expectation on the goodness of God and the Lord being like, Hey, Actually, I'd love to challenge your view of my goodness. So I'm kind of caught up in this whirlwind of God's goodness at his behest, it feels like. Mm -hmm. And what's challenged me is this notion where I've lived in lack of the goodness of God. I um, And so I I think if, if anything, it's the Lord coming to me going, you've made me too small in your eyes, Alan. And yeah. him just flexing his muscles, so to speak, of his goodness and me being astonished by it. But I think it would be a tragedy if we lived with a place of grumbling or complaining. And I think that's where that content in all things, like Paul says, you know, I know what it's like to be in need and I know what it's like to have abundance. I've learned to be content in, in all things. And I think yeah. that's that's amazing. Like I, um, I can't say I've been content in all things. But I've tried to posture my heart in that way. And I think of the various seasons I've been through in life. And this is the beauty of God. You can always find his goodness at work in Mm -hmm. your life. And I've been processing that uh, a bit this week. I was earlier in the week, I was just, you know, chatting with God and um, talking about talking to the Lord. And I felt like he said, um, I was talking to him about cars just cause I like cars. Of course you do. And so I was talking to him, like I was just sort of thinking about, Oh, you know, there's this particular car that I like. And I was like, huh? And I felt like the Lord said, well, why don't you ask me for that? And I thought, well, cause then it feels like, I don't know. It feels ungrateful, I suppose, to be asking for a car. I mean, we have, we have a car that works, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, we don't necessarily need a second car and, you know, everything's fine, but I still felt like he was saying, but, but why can't you, why can't you like sort of stretch out towards my goodness? And I thought, okay, okay. So I've been having this conversation, but I have been going back and forth between the, the, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, like the wanting to, expect good things and making sure that you're not ungrateful. I think the interesting passage that I preached on a while back about 
It's, it's actually when David sins with Bathsheba and the Lord comes to him and says, you know what? I gave you the wives of your enemy. Mm. If that had been too little, you, it's, it's kind of like the Lord is aghast that David took things into his own hands. Yeah. And and is pointing to his extravagance and, and his goodness towards David and saying, hey, if that hadn't been enough. And that passage really challenged me because I... I guess I'm still uncomfortable with God's goodness. I think I still get confused when God does things that delight my heart because I think probably in my upbringing, I was taught that anything my heart wanted was worldly. Mm. I remember I remember the first time I went to John and Carol's house and they, they have a beautiful kitchen. They, they, when I went, they had just finished building the house and I walked in and I mean, their kitchen was gorgeous. And I said to John, I said, oh, you have such a beautiful kitchen and I and he said something to me that was really funny, and I said, "Well, you know, I think I've had an idol in my heart about nice kitchens." And John was like, well, "Why? Why would you have an idol about nice kitchens? Like, what bizarre thing to have mm. idolatry in your heart about?" And I realized that me coming into appreciation of of good things from God is understanding another facet of His heart, whereas I think I was probably raised to believe that that was worldly, and that there was something wrong with that. So it's been a really interesting season, God just wrestling or, or putting his finger on things in my heart and me wrestling with them and then finding out it's him yeah. and not my uh, greed nature at right. work. I think it's funny though, because we don't think it's greed when Tia wants to go to Disney. We're like, yeah, baby, it's okay to ask God for that. And it's extravagant, you know? Right, it's a good point. But when, when, we would like something. There's this struggle, the adult struggles with, well, why do I want that? And Well, let know. me give you an example, though. If if Tia had a bad attitude about not getting, I mean, so Tia's wanted to go to Disney for the last couple of years. Mm. This year we went. But last year, if all Tia did was complain about how we never get to go to Disney, how would our hearts be turned towards her? Would that be a moment where we'd step in and give her, help her with an attitude adjustment? It, it absolutely sure. would. Absolutely, yeah. But the desire in and of itself isn't wrong. The grumbling and complaining that it's not happening as fast as we'd like, well, I think that's where you get into trouble. Yeah. So I think finding contentment in all things and being thankful is the thing that opens the door to God doing, I don't know what makes God do more. I think God's nature is just more inherently. But I guess, Neil, we don't have a great answer, but you uh, ask a great question. I think we're just pondering aloud. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Anybody who's listening to this, you, you just um, email us or reach out on Twitter and let us know what you think. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, I think obviously it it can be done to stay in a place of thankfulness and still expect more because we're there. But I understand the quandary of it. Like I understand that it's when you sit down and think about it, it's like, oh, that seems quite... It's, they seem like opposites. I don't think that they are, but yeah, it's it's hard to manage your heart sometimes. So Neil asked a question about balancing the tension of being content and receiving blessing. This is an anonymous question about balancing our own emotions with codependency. Are you ready? Okay, I'll try and be ready. Hi, Alan Adrian. First, I want to say that I love listening to your podcast. I love listening to all of your teachings, but especially your teaching on boundaries. I recently had a very strange experience, though. A few weeks ago, I found myself in a rather deep depression, and I had no idea why. 
As I started to delve into it, I realized that I had experienced a handful of small disappointments that on their own wouldn't have fazed me much, but because they all came at the same time, they were a little overwhelming. But the real problem was that I refused to talk to anyone about them because I kept telling myself that I'm in control of my emotions, they aren't anyone else's responsibility, so dealing with them is on me. I ended up getting quote-unquote separated from the pack because of this line of thinking and it got really gross. So my question is, how do we balance managing our own emotions with the need to be in community? How much sharing is healthy and how much is codependent? I mean, I think you need to have healthy relationships that you can talk to people and say, hey, I'm having a really difficult week or, you know, I've had this disappointment and this and this and, you know, I need to, I need to vent with some, I mean, I have that. I have, you know, some friends that I can, I could call and just be like, hey, this week's been really hard. Can I just vent with you? You know, and, and they'll pray with me or, or they'll tell me if I'm totally off base or, you know, whatever. Like, I think, I think you want to always stay in community. I mean, yes, you want to manage your emotions. Absolutely. But you need to have some people that are safe. I think, um, yeah, I mean, you, if, if you find that you're everywhere you're going, you're eking emotion, you, it's, that's probably at a different level. Well, I think the balance, I think the line into codependency gets crossed when I'm like, I'm not sharing these things with you for my sake. I'm sharing them with you for your sake so you can fix my problems. Mm-hmm. That's then codependency. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with me calling Jeff and just saying, Jeff, man, I need to process a few things. Mm-hmm. And my goal is like, hey, I'm using you as a sounding board. I'm just sharing my heart with you. I'd love any wisdom you have. That's healthy. That's healthy. Quite a different thing when I'm like, hey, Jeff, I have these problems. Please fix them for me. Right. That's codependency. Right. Or a spouse. <laughs> what do you mean? Or a spouse? Well, I mean, if you were to say, hey, AJ, I have these problems. Fix them for me. Like, uh, G- good luck with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, this is not going to be healthy for our marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, absolutely. I love what Dan Farley from Bethel says uh, when talking about feelings. He's like, not everyone needs to know about all of your feelings or treat them tenderly all of the time. <laughs> and I, True. Think, I think if you hold that intention, that a real friend will not only listen to you, but will also tell you when to stop talking. Right. You know, a, a good, I, I think of the people we have in our lives who are just like, oh, I love you, but please stop talking. You sound like a broken record. Right. Sometimes you need to hear that message too. Like, how, Alan, it sounds like you just want to complain rather than deal with your emotions. Right. So that's uh, the whole thing of friends stab you in the front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, again, it comes back to the boundary teaching of there's nothing wrong with me sharing something with a trusted friend as long as I understand that it's my responsibility to change my climate system and not yours. And if actually that friend uh, has codependent tendencies, that's probably not the best person to share it with because then they get wrapped up in trying to fix you when actually it's something you can probably take to the Lord and, and get him to help you. All right. This uh, question is from Chelsea. And Chelsea says, I'm a Christian and I have a dear friend who is an atheist. Until recently, this wasn't a problem. We conversed freely about deep issues and our friendship seemed to be one of mutual respect. The other night, he started on a tirade about religion and hell and saying, how dare anyone tell me that I'm going to hell? Side note, I hadn't said anything of the sort to him. I was mostly silent as he vented his anger. But when he pointedly asked me if I believed he was going to hell, all I could think to say was, I believe the only way to God is through Jesus Christ, from John 14, verse 6. 
Although I've only ever treated him with love and kindness, he now doesn't want me in his life anymore. My question is, how could I have better handled a discussion like this? I'm not into the whole one-sided lambasting of my beliefs. Does that make sense? Lambasting. No, we say lambasting here. You based lambs? I'm just saying that's how it's pronounced in North America. I can't wait to hear the podcast discussion on that one. I'm not into the whole one-sided lambasting of my beliefs, but is there a way to answer atheistic questions like that in a way that does not sound condemning, but invites further dialogue? There's so many things, but before we even talk about that, we need to talk about lambasting or lambasting. I'm pretty sure it's lambasting, but That's I said lambasting because you thought I should say lambasting. Lambasting sounds like a cooking technique for preparing to eat lamb mm. cutlets. Nope. I'm just going to baste these lambs. You're just going to have to trust me. You're in the new world now. We say it lambasting. <laughs> I love when you're vicious, especially <laughs> when you're wearing army colors. <laughs> With my army green eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, they're going camouflaged. Mm-hmm. Um, so... The second thing I want to make, and I don't mean to be poking fun here, but it's amusing to me that an atheist would get upset about being sent to something they believe is a fictional place. Like, that would be like Abigail coming to me going, Daddy, I believe that you're going to Nana Poopy Headland. Like, why would that have, why would that, why would that challenge my worldview when I don't believe in Nana Poopy Headland? So, well, wow, that's a great example. But no, do, I do you know what, what I mean? Yes. So, I'm, I'm, so I'm thinking, I wonder what else is going on there. Like, yeah. that's a very strong reaction to have about something you don't believe in. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if, Chelsea, the reason that your friend is reacting so badly is not that you handled things poorly. I mean, from your description, it sounded like you held to your beliefs and you, you weren't caustic about it. You answered their question. I wonder if the Holy Spirit is doing a work in their life. Mm-hmm. trying to get their attention or if mm-hmm. they've had some dreams recently or something that's causing them to react like that. One of the prayers I used to pray over my friends, I'm not sure if this is going to sound good or not, but my friends who didn't know the Lord, I'd ask that the Lord, that their hearts would be troubled to know the Lord. And I know that sounds mean, and I didn't mean that in a meanness, but just the empty satisfaction that's in the heart of an unbeliever is often covered up by the distractions of the world, buying things, other relationships, alcohol, whatever. Mm. But I would ask the Lord that that none of that stuff would work well in their life so that they would be, they would be troubled to find true satisfaction. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what's happening in the life of your friend. And then the last thought I had is that the cross of Jesus Christ is a stumbling block. It is offensive. It is foolish to those who are not saved. So it, 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 it sounds like it's on par. I'm I'm really sorry that it sounds like right now that there's a relationship with a good friend that's broken. And I think probably your way forward is just to be consistent and kind. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you could have said better uh, or that anything would have actually worked in that particular situation. I think what you said was, you know, accurate and it was kind. One of my favorite people... I've never met this person, but one of my favorite people to listen to is a gentleman called Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. Who has got this amazing ability to handle questions from people of a wide variety of faith or non-believing people with such tact, with such care and with such genuine affection, love and respect. That's astonishing. 
that he isn't in dialogue to win an argument. He's in a dialogue to represent Jesus well to people who don't yet know him. And I've I've long been provoked by uh, Ravi's brilliant way of handling people. I, I wish I had half the the people skills that he has, the yes, way that he did. I mean, he's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, if you're not familiar with Ravi Zacharias, I really encourage you to just get on YouTube and just you know watch a couple of his videos, especially the way he deals. I, I wouldn't watch a long sermon, so to speak. I, I would probably just pick up his question and answer stuff and and that may help. But again, I, I don't think you did anything wrong, Chelsea, from your description, but we'll be praying for your friend and especially for your relationship. I'm sad that um, currently it's broken, but I think it'll be fixed, knowing the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to read you the next question, baby? Please do. Read me it in your most authoritative army voice. Alan and AJ, love your podcast. Okay, I'm scared. Just okay. read it in your okay. normal Sorry. voice. It says this is from AJ, so... Hey AJ, it's AJ. Are you writing to yourself? I don't I don't think so. I don't remember doing it, but it's possible I'm really tired. Okay, go for it. Um so it says Alan and AJ love your podcast so very much. Thank you. That's lovely. Um I have a mashup question half about dating, half about hearing the voice of God. I can't wait to read this. This is going to be very exciting. Okay, so uh I am a 26-year-old female and I have had a series of emotionally intense long relationships. All ended somewhat tragically, except for my last one, which was my first healthy, God-honoring breakup. I do not come from the healthiest family. My parents are divorced, and every man in my life, uh, except for my grandfather, who is passionately in love with Jesus, has cheated on every woman of influence in, in my life. Wow. Bummer. Yeah. I usually pick guys who lose interest in me and disappear until I become exhausted, making the relationship run all by myself and then break it off for them because it's too painful to keep going. So over the years, it's created a lot of self-esteem issues that I am always seeking more and more healing for. I've been in counseling and spent a year away uh, from dating to really work on my stuff. But lately, I've considered possibly dating again, and I am very, very afraid, primarily because I do believe I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But there are lots of inconsistencies. I also can never hear the voice of the Holy Spirit when I'm dating someone. It's like there's a weird barricade or block up. So I've developed this unhealthy belief that dating is bad or dirty or wrong, and the Lord wants me to be alone, or I'm just not healthy enough to date, despite all my hard self-work. The trouble is, I have this resentment in my heart building up towards the Lord because it's like there's this lie that the Lord prefers me to be alone stitched into my being. Or maybe it's true. Maybe I'm called to be single. Honestly, that would be okay with me. Dating is scary and hard. I wish that I could date and invite the Lord into it, but I'm hitting a wall. It could be indicative of wrong timing or maybe just some UGBs, which is ungodly beliefs. I would love to know your thoughts on this and if you have any advice about walking into dating in a healthy, God-honoring way as a mid-20-something? That is a great question. Thank you for sharing 
a little bit of your story, AJ. Uh, certainly sounds very painful. I'm really sorry it's been your experience with men and really sorry that's been your experience with relationships. Yes. There are probably a whole host of things that is contributing to your feelings. And of course, without knowing you and without being in dialogue with you, a, a lot of the input AJ and I are going to give you is more general than specific to your circumstances. One of the things I would encourage you to do before anything else is to set aside some time and set aside some money to do what we call uh, Restoring the Foundations Healing Week. Yeah. This has got to be one of the best investments anybody could make in their life. Absolutely. It is where you as a single person will go to two counsellors, two RTF trained counsellors, typically a husband and a wife. And you will be with them for three or four days, depending on the schedule. And they will minister to you in four key areas. Like some of the things that instantly grab my attention is what you said about your family line, that basically your whole family line has come from broken relationships. So automatically that tells me there's something over your family line that the enemy really doesn't want great, healthy relationships. And you battling that, without that getting take of, taken care of, is going to be like pushing water uphill with a rake. It's going to get real tired, really a long time. But the good news is Jesus can fix that brilliantly. Mm-hmm. And so going for an RTF week, they'll probably instantly go after that. The second thing I hear in your questions are a whole load of ungodly beliefs yeah. that are either fully formed or are are blossoming. Things like, I can't hear the Holy Spirit when I'm in relationships. So we'd call that an ungodly belief because that might be true based on the facts of your experience, but it's false based on the teaching of the Word of God. Like There's nowhere in Scripture that says, I will never leave you, I'll never forsake you, except when you're in a relationship. Or, my sheep know my voice, and they follow me unless they're dating. But, but also, it is really hard to uh, hear the Lord on things that are super close to your heart, if, especially if you've made it an idol of some sort. Absolutely. So it could be more that. Like yeah. it, it really could just be. There could be a number of things that are yeah. contributing to that. But the encouraging thing is on this uh, healing week, they'll dismantle anything that's clouding your judgment, your ability. And I, yeah. and I should say, when I say that I'm hearing ungodly beliefs, I'm not telling you you're doing something wrong, nor am I necessarily right in that assessment. Again, I'm just going based on my experience of, of of walking with people, this is what you usually find. So well done on having the self-awareness to realize, oh, this has been a pattern in my relationships. Mm. Well done for realizing, oh, this is where I'm taking responsibility or I can see where I've exercised control or, I mean, that th- these are great steps in, in self-growth. But I would really, really encourage you to seek out some time to reward yourself, to be kind to yourself, to do an RTF. It will do way more for you than just uh, helping you with relationships. But Mm. I want to encourage you that you are a person that is full of value and well worth investing. And before you can have an expectation that other people are going to invest in you, I would encourage you investing in yourself. Yeah. And that's why I think a healing would be great. What do you think, babe? No, I think that's great. I definitely think a healing week would probably um, help. I think, you know, you you say at one point in your question, I wonder if God called me to be single. I think if God had called you to be single, that's what you'd want to be. And I know at one point you say, well, that would be fine because dating is scary, but fear isn't the reason that you want to be single. So, you know, 
I I think that if the meditation of your heart is, hey, I, actually, I'd I'd like to be married. I'd like to have kids. I'd like to, you know, go through that whole process. Um, and that sounds like a horribly clinical way to put it. It's a great process. I've enjoyed the process myself. Um, then I, I, I would say then God hasn't called you to be single because he would, he understands the desires of your heart. I wonder if it's not as simple as that though. Okay. I think that, that God of course does work with the desires of your heart, but sometimes we don't know what the desires of our heart are, but I would agree with you that God is so good at telling you what his desires are. He doesn't leave you in murkiness. Mm. He doesn't leave you to flounder around and vaguely stumble upon his will. He He would speak to you. So the but whole, he's also not going to let fear be your motivator for the oh, reason that you that's choose not to be. No, no, I, I, I think yeah. your point was brilliant. Your, your second point was brilliant about God's not going to use fear as the motivator for you following him. Yeah. You know, he's going to use life and... Anyway, I, I, my point rather was, I know lots of people whose desire is to be married, but they're not married. Yes. And so, so the desire is there mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened for them. So obviously one of the places their head goes to is, well, maybe God wants me to be, be single. But again, I don't think God communicate, God's a much better communicator than just passively yes. not answering your will and hoping you yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I, I think that he would... Sp- at least in my experience, the things that God wants me to do, he's, he's come and spoken to me like a friend and said, hey, this is something I'd love you to do. Yeah. And we know people as well that are single that feel like the Lord's talked to them about being single and they're content with that. And it's right. it's not because of being afraid, but simply because they feel like that's what the Lord spoke to them about. So, um, yeah, there's there's peace when God speaks. So advice on entering into dating as a mid 20s somebody would be get your heart healed. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because I think you're a mess. I'm I'm saying you're doing a great job and heading towards I mean you're uh, clearly going after your yeah, stuff, which, which is, is amazing. amazing. Uh, I'd say invite counsel from people. So mm-hmm. um, I love that you asked us that question, but find people who are who are actually in relationship with you who know you and give them permission to speak into that. Mm-hmm. And maybe pick a person that's different from the people that you've been picking in the past. Like you mentioned earlier that I always go for the same type of guy. Well, your track record would suggest that's not working for you. So maybe have a different thought about that. Yeah. If you have um, some safe spiritual authority, you know, that, that are, you know, safe people and have discernment and stuff, maybe get them involved in the process with you. You know, like if somebody says that they want to date you, maybe get them to have a pass at that person um, if your track record has been, you know, picking the wrong kind of guy, let them know that, Hey, I have this track record. I'm trying not to do this again. Would you, would you be part of this scenario with me? I don't know if AJ, you've listened to our teaching on relationships. We have, we have a teaching, um, all about sexual wholeness on our website at alanandaj.com. And part of that is a teaching that we do on dating. If you've not heard it, you could listen to that. It has a, a, a fuller expression on our views on dating and hopefully there's something in there that's helpful. AJ Jones, tell me what we need to know before we go. The Heaven Declares Conference is coming up uh, late October and we have Leif Hetland coming in, Jamie Galloway and Andy Squires leading worship. So we're super excited. Oh, we can't wait for that. No, we're, it's going to be great. We're going to post a link in our YouTube. If you haven't heard Leif Hetland, I'm going to post a link to Randy Clark, who you've probably heard of talking about 
Leif Hetland, and we're just so excited to have Leif at our church. And of course, Jamie's a good friend of ours. We're going to be thrilled to have him back. Yeah. And Andy Squires, I hear great things about, I've never met Andy, but everybody mm-hmm. who has says he's amazing. Uh, we were out of town when he came and led worship, so yeah. we're excited about that. I can't wait. Hope you guys have an incredible week. If you would like one of your questions answered, go to alanandaj.com slash ask. We would love to read your questions. We always take great joy in in reading them. Thanks for listening to us. Have an amazing week. And we will be back here next week. Just a little shout out to my Southgate ladies. What? Have a great week. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Alan and AJ, keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk about faith in God. And everything under the sun If you are a human being There's something here for everyone